Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hello, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. I'm here with my really good friend, Brett Blackman. Hey. Hey guys, what's up? <laughs> Don't walk into that pole. <laughs> he didn't, he almost yeah, did. Yeah, I actually almost did. So we met like, okay, four, three, four, no, it's more Do than three was, years now. I think it was like five years ago. It is now? Okay, so I remember this story. <laughs> um, there were so, like two angles I know. Okay, there's two. So what was that guy's Remind name? Panda. Right, no, but that other guy, that the Nikki something, he was like that model that... Oh, Nikki Otav. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. So I think I like saw a photo that. of that guy because I was living in New York at the time, interning at Webster Hall, and you were like in a photo or did something with him. Yeah. And then I just hit you up randomly, yeah. and then you were like, I guess in Hong Kong at the time, yeah. right? Maybe I'm just gonna interview you. Just. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, basically, I was blogging at this place, Daily Beat, um, and you randomly were working with the guy, yeah. Chris Lavinio, yeah. for that guy, Commander Panda. Yeah. And then, from there, friendship. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, wow. We both kind of yeah. come a long way, I feel so like. So that was what? And that time at all the Moving Castle and right. AO Beats, like... So Jowl, that was my everyone. junior year of college. So that was six years ago, actually. I've known you, I think, six years. Ago. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Damn. I've wow. known you, I think. Like, I wasn't even, like, doing anything music-related before I met you. Right, no. Like, Command you... Pen was one of the first, like, music kind of thing. Because there's nothing in Hong Kong. Right. And then you showed me, like, this whole other side. And then we were hanging out, like, in New York with all these pictures. Oh, yeah, I'll put in some pictures was here. Was the first remember. time I met you... This is funny because it's really, like, me interviewing this part. <laughs> <laughs> like, was the first time I met you with Andrew and Jai Wolf at that Skrillex show? Were you at that show? I didn't go to Skrillex show. Just but just kidding, we... never mind. <laughs> but I remember the first time I met you was with Brian Farber and we were having pizza. It was you and oh, was who? it the Slake show from Manila Kill's birthday party? It might have yeah, been. Yeah, no, that was his yeah. first birthday. Cool. You were born in Pennsylvania? Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. And were your parents born there as well? Or? Um, no, my mom was born in um, Boston and then moved to New York when she was like seven. Um, and, I mean, she basically was always interested in music. Yeah. So my mom's went to, like, Woodstock and, like, had uh, jobs, like, working at Fillmore East. Mm -hmm. um, so growing up, I've always had, like, this affinity for music. Like, the Rolling Stones, the Monkees, the Beatles, Jimi Hendrix, like, all that good stuff, yeah. you know? Um, actually, my first show ever was the monkeys and <laughs> in oh, yeah. Philadelphia at like this stadium kind of thing yeah. when I was like probably like less than 10 I don't that's like oh, one wow. of my blurry memories yeah. of that but um so my mom actually is an audiologist so like hearing aids and ear monitors earplugs and all that so she's 
over the years had crazy artists, literally crazy and figuratively crazy, <laughs> uh, come in and get like fitted. Um, so I've met a bunch of artists and I've always just really, you know, been drawn to music. Um, and I guess my earliest memory of kind of really getting into music was, you know, MySpace days. So I'm like 13, 14 and the whole emo scene stuff was oh. <laughs> like Warp Tour yeah. and all that. So like I loved like Fall Out Boy, Taking Back Sunday, Brand New, um, Green Day. Um, Did you dress like that as well? Uh, there's probably pictures somewhere on the internet on my MySpace that I don't think is around anymore, so don't look. Um, <laughs> but uh, let's not get hit by cars as we walk around. It's actually such a slow day. This I know. Really it's nice. so muggy, by the way, guys, yeah. and overcast. If you could see, this tree actually looks like it may come to life and like attack us. <laughs> like I don't even fucking know. <laughs> Sorry. We'll edit the, the cursing out. Um, but the first concert that... I really remember that I like had a pivotal time in my life was probably I think it was a seventh or eighth grade and it was gym class heroes and fallout boy oh my god at uh, some stadium thing in Philadelphia and I just remember it was like gym class heroes like the cookie that cookie jar song like put yeah. your hand in the was oh like god. really big at the time and they brought out like Tyga because Tyga was uh, like brothers or cousins, sorry if I don't have the details right, with uh, the head guy from uh, the one band that I'm blanking again, I just said it. <laughs> Gym Class Heroes. Oh. <laughs> and they like had Cupid's Choco. Like, okay guys, like people <laughs> used to have really great music videos when there were budgets, and now they just oh, don't yeah. anymore, because whatever the reason, but like, you know, MTV TRL and like stuff like that and just music videos before like YouTube really yeah. like took over for all this stuff. I grew up and I went to this uh, high school or this this school uh, St. Peter's like when I was younger and I actually did boys choir and, and I did like handbells and random stuff. So I used to have a voice. Maybe I'll be a singer one day again, guys. Why did you stop um, singing? Because I switched schools. Oh. And so I switched to this school called Masterman. Um, which I'm going to do some shout outs right now. Because okay. two people I'm going to shout out from Masterman. Uh, this girl, China Rogers, who she is signed to Honeymoon Records. She's a dope rapper. And then my other friend... Uh, Noah Barrison, a.k.a. Noah Breakfast, he was in Chitty Bang. And basically, my high school is like 150 people total. Like, oh, total. Wow. Not yeah. even, like, per grade. So, like, a lot of the kids that I went to high school with um, went to, like, local places, like yeah. Temple, Drexel, um, Penn, um, and all that. And there's, like, really good music programs at a lot of these places, as well mm. as just... It's just like good academics yeah. around there. How do you describe yourself back then growing up? Okay. Um, really introverted. I would stay in a lot. I didn't really? Yeah, like I like I went to some of these shows, but like I've always just been like a computer nerd. Look at the shirt. Um, I just felt like wearing it today. 
But um, wait, computer nerd as in were you actually coding or do you just love the internet? I just love the internet, okay. like always just on the internet, just like searching for music and just playing games and just like I was very, very anti social. Um, so you were doing this alone or did you have like some people that you would like share stuff that you found on the internet with? Well, okay, so if you look, so like we don't have like Facebook or like certain things you could share stuff with at the time, so you would share music on like MySpace yeah. or like Tumblr or just <laughs> you would have your like away messages on a AOL. Oh, and for yeah. some people who oh, have no idea what AOL is, well, that's how people used to talk on the internet. <laughs> so <laughs> RIP AOL, it died this year, I think. I've not used mine in a very long time. I, I did, however, like while I was antisocial, I played tennis from when I was like five years old to, and I even played in college. So like I was definitely really active, oh, like in yeah. sports. Um, but pretty, didn't deal with my school. So I guess the fun fact here of why I was antisocial is I used to play this card game called Magic the yes! Gathering. Yes! Oh my god! <laughs> and there's still YouTube videos. Uh, shh, don't look them up. Just kidding. So I was actually a professional in this game called Magic the Gathering, and it, I traveled all around the world playing it, and I was lucky enough to go to like, um, Japan, France, the Netherlands, and then a whole other, a bunch of places, and uh, I, yeah became really friendly with people around the world that I met at these tournaments and um, why I didn't really talk to my friends in school that much is because <laughs> it's kind of this. It really taught me strategy and like proper communication. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and I was the type of person that really brought people together that I thought were like good at what they did. Yeah. So like it's literally what I do now where I've just, you know, find people that are really passionate and good at their craft and kind of like bring them together. If it's like a singer with a producer, a photographer, videographer with someone else who needs that, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's been pretty cool just understanding what I've learned in high school, college, and playing that game, and from tennis. Like, I learned team building skills and just like how to get people excited about things, you know? So, I... But actually, with that game itself, like, how did it work? Were you part of a team? Like, so, was right. It like a so basically, thing? so basically we had this team called OSIP Drives Me to School, which was like me and like 20 other kids. Like, literally, we were, like, yeah. 16 to 18 or, like, something like that. Where, How did you guys um, form? Like, what, was um, it, like, people in our school and then you realize you're, like, No, really it good, wasn't and then, school. Like, it was, like, on the internet. So there's this thing called Magic Online. And you would just, like, go on and kind of just, like, play. Like, it, I guess for everyone else, it would be, like, a World of Warcraft or any kind, kind of, like, game where you can log on and see yeah. other people on it. So... Yeah. Basically, they're just like tournaments and you help with strategy yeah. and all that. Um, How did you realize that you're at the international level? Did you, were you just like so beating everyone? You're like, wow. I got at the international level because I like would travel for tournaments like almost every weekend and play during the week. Were they like requesting you or like how It's did... not like requesting. It's not like 
like how an artist or something like that goes like so there's basically like a point system where you can there's like different tiers of events where like there's like state level national level worldwide level and there are these things like grand prix that would be like national and then there's like pro tours which yeah. would be international but like only like a top amount of people could play you know so yeah. i was like oh played the world championships like i just only got to do it once but honestly once i got to college i kind of knew i had to like chill and like focus yeah. on school and play tennis what did your mom think about the whole thing she loved it yeah because it it let me travel it let me meet Wait, people so you were like winning all the money for this or how did um, it work <laughs> won all the money <laughs> um i so basically there's this thing called the JSS, the Junior Super Series. So when I was like 13 to 15 or 16, I would be playing and they like had scholarship programs. So oh, I'd wow. be winning like tens of thousands of dollars for yeah. my college. And then they basically started another one called the MSS, which was like the mature, I don't remember the name yeah. exactly, but like they bumped it to 18 because they basically wanted under 18, but like still to get scholarship yeah. money but then they ended the program and it, they made so many parents like sad and kids oh, sad wow. uh i mean it's a lot of money who funds it so wizards of the coast yeah and they're owned by hasbro who owns oh. like a ton of games so, so like, it's kind of like in a way a promotion for hasbro because these games are yeah under, totally okay. so it's like so but like so the funny thing is the guy richard garfield was um he went to penn in philadelphia yeah. So, like, I kind of heard stories about this guy. And, like, he was, like, a legend. Like, he yeah. basically based the game. I love how this is, like, 30 minutes of just <laughs> magic. Anyway, uh, Everyone's based learning the game, something new today, so sick. here you go. <laughs> um, but he based the game on Dungeons & Dragons. So, so what were your, like, favorite subjects in high school? Like? Damn. I, like, it feels, it's, like, 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, okay, what did I like? Some people, it's, like, 20 that have interviewed. I know, I know. <laughs> um... I really liked English class. I really liked reading and just like dissecting the books and the stories mm -hmm. and the character development. Oh. Um, I really liked psychology class. Um, I I hated math. I like like there were certain parts of it I liked, but yeah. like you get to a point where you're just like, why am I ever learning this? <laughs> you realize once you get out of school, guys, if you're in high school, like watching, you're never going to use any of that stuff. And ever. I use it every day. She may use it actually. <laughs> the Excel spreadsheets, real, real. Um, I really liked art class. Um, I like the history of art. I really liked history. Like I just like knowing about the past. Yeah. And like, and for me with music now, I think it's really important to know all of your idols and people that you look up to's history and how they got to where they are and like the stepping stones etc mm -hmm. and for me i think there's like the blueprint series on complex that's so really good. really that's good that's my favorite <clears throat> there is uh and the writer is on itunes also so good uh then secret genius um spotify and then there's a ton of other things that are like really good i went to goucher college in um Baltimore, like Towson, Baltimore, and I just studied like international business oh, and yeah. international communications. 
So I didn't really know what I wanted yeah. to do. I like knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur of some sort. And <clears throat> so the coolest part about my school, they forced us to study abroad. So this is where we get to the good part, guys. <laughs> um, it was my junior year of college and I've been taking like all these basic business classes like microeconomics, macroeconomics, like what have you, um, and like communications, like p PR and just whatever general education classes. But then I get to London to study abroad at Westminster University. So the cool part about my school, guys, was at the time, I guess eight years ago when I first started, or nine years ago, college, um, we were the only school to require in America to study abroad. Oh, wow. So we were the only school. So that was like the coolest part to me. So I decided to go to London. I had some friends there. <clears throat> and I get, I get to the campus, and it's, it's like the second day of school, and I just hear blaring electronic music. And I'm like, what the heck is... Wait, what year was this? So this is 2011, 2012. And you never heard electronic I, music I before? knew what it was, but I wasn't, like, going out of my way for it, oh. you know? Like, we knew, like, who Tiesto was, who Skrillex oh. was, David Guetta, and all that. They were playing, like, Eric Prids or something. I, some, they were playing something. And I just go to my kitchen, and there are these two kids, uh, uh, Carlos and Martin. And they were two... Uh, students from an international school in the Philippines and I was just like hey guys what's, what's like what's <laughs> up like how do we be friends like did we just become best friends like I want to go to like Ministry of Sound and Fabric and EXO and like Coco and like uh, like I was researching all the clubs at the time and yeah. just like at the time uh, Rusco and Caspa and like all of the that kind of music and look them up if you've not and like jack beats were like really big and that and I like looked at all the music that was coming out uh, or shows rather and we were there was like this huge Eric Prids show mm -hmm. um, and he basically kicked off his thing called epic so it's like the most extravagant show that I probably went to at the time so basically that night I met this kid Sandro. Yeah. And this kid Sandro knew Manila Killa. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, well, we befriended one another, and one thing led to another. He kind of introed me to Manila. And that's once I got back to America, that kind of happened. And he at the time, Sandro, <clears throat> was blogging for this this daily beat yeah and I was like hey I, I would love to like do that too like I would love to like blog like I share music on tumblr all the time and note at the time Spotify was not out mm. uh Apple Music wasn't out and SoundCloud was like the Beginning. thing to do and blogs were just like still just popping and yeah. like people would like have like bootlegs and like just so much stuff online um, and like some of my favorite things at the time, you know, this song is sick. <laughs> uh, Dancing Astronaut, Ear Milk, Indie Shuffle. Though it's, and it's funny to like deal with the people 
mm-hmm. that I listened to before and like now know the people that like run oh, those yeah. blogs. That's crazy. So um, basically, I just started blogging, and he told me, "Oh, by the way, Manila Killer lives in Virginia." And so, for geography, guys, yeah. <laughs> Virginia and deep Baltimore, very close. Yeah. <laughs> so I ended up meeting Manila. And he was at the What year was this? 2012. Okay. Um, so I met Manila, and we just, like, befriended one another right away. (laughs) Where was his career at at that point? So, basically, nowhere. (laughs) Like, he was making, uh, or, so... Mashups? Basically, guys, I, I manage Manila Killa now. So that's why we're talking about that. Yeah. So at the time, he was a freshman in college, I believe. And he was just putting out, like, bootlegs and remixes and mashups on SoundCloud and YouTube. Um, so he was kind of, like, not doing anything at the time. Um, but, like, he was really good. Like, we just kn- yeah. I just knew he was really good and passionate. And when you listen to his music... Like people just know, like, yeah. damn, this is really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he was still just in school, focusing on yeah. school. And, like, I feel like kids now almost have, in a way, too much of an advantage if you get a proper manager, like, know things with Spotify or Apple. Because, like, people's careers can go off so much quicker now. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, you didn't... You, I don't think people put in as much hard work or, like... There's a lot of ways yeah. now to, like, cheat yeah. <laughs> the system. How did you figure out, like, even how to manage from the onset? So, at the time, um, I was, like, the day-to-day for Manila. And then I was kind of, like, shadowing people um, and, like, learning what PR was. Shadowing like, who? Um... Or how did he even, like, get to the spot to shadow? I think a lot right. of people watching this want to know about Yeah, that. totally, totally. So, at the time, I was working at, like, Webster Hall. Yeah. And I got to meet all these, like, bloggers and managers and publicists on the job. And kind of just, like, I was doing, like, an artist liaison type of thing. So I just befriended a ton of people and artists. So it's, like, I kind of would ask tons of questions, you know, and just, like, learn like as much as I could um I honestly had no freaking idea what I was doing at first I still may not have any idea I may have an idea but (laughs) um basically I just kept asking questions and I was just winging it like I was totally just winging it at first um because there was no one who taught me Mm -hmm. like like I didn't have a mentor how did you even have the confidence kind of just to do it? Like, were you ever like, wow, like, maybe you right. should find someone who's been in the industry for a few years? So the cool part about that is, I think, we were on the same page of, like, we're in this together to learn together. Um, we, there wasn't any expectations on either of us because I didn't really know if I was going to be a manager. He didn't really know if he was going to be an artist. We didn't understand, like, the full idea of like the trajectory of the project or like the rollout or what needed to be done for like you know branding and stuff like that or like some people you could from the get-go just 
have like a blank slate of socials and know exactly what you need to do with the music and the photos and the videos and stuff like that. So we kind of just were like throwing stuff at the wall <laughs> until something kind of just like hit. Um, and then stuff kind of just hit. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you remember the first kind of big break for that you guys worked on together? Yeah, so I think it was the summer of 2015, or sorry, sorry, the summer of 2013, and that's when he met AOBs. <laughs> Which, guys, that is also Lauren's boyfriend. <laughs> And I manage him. <laughs> so um, they put out a two-track EP, um, and it was sick. <laughs> like, it was so good. And when they put that out that summer, um, that was, like, the first time, like, people kind of were just giving attention to both of them. Um, and then just the real breakout, I think, for at least Manila at the time was um, he did a remix competition for Flume. And he won. It was for that song called Sleepless, if you remember. Um, so that was four or five years ago. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> a lot of blogs kept picking up on it. and like, Were, were like, you already friends with these bloggers? Yeah, I was yeah. friends with bloggers. And like, I would be going to these festivals. And like, I would have media passes. And I would like befriend everybody. Yeah. And so like, the, the whole blogging thing for me was like a means to an end at the time. Or, yeah. like, whatever the term is. Oh, yeah. And also, one thing that I want to ask you, like, how did you even go go from this introvert person? Like, I'm so surprised you're introvert, oh. too. Like, the, you're literally the most active person I um, know, like, by I far. think it's, like, confidence. Yeah. I was not confident. So I, how did you even get confident, like, Okay, here, here's the thing. So I was very confident in, like, my magic world. And, yeah. like, because I knew what the heck I was doing. But, like, I don't think I was confident with, like, other people as much. Because, like, I just didn't have, like, the proper social skills. Like, I just had to develop social skills. So if you're awkward and whatnot, you still have time. I'm still awkward. Yeah. But, like, you kind of just, like, grow into your skin and feel more comfortable with yourself. And then I just, like, became more comfortable with who I am and, like, appreciate who I am and realizing people appreciated who I was. But mm -hmm. I don't... I think, like, in high school, I was, like, that awkward duckling in school where, like, everyone's, like, that kid's never here, like, he plays tennis, like, blah, 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 whatever. But then college was, like, so my college goucher was, like, four weird kids. Like, no offense to anybody who from goucher season, but, like, we were all weird. Like, we were, like, weird and cool, and I was, like, we all got along. We were, like, all the kids that were, like... We were just like, okay, <laughs> like, we band together, guys. The weird kids band together. I'm still weird. I'm pretty sure all of the music guys we deal with are all introverted and, like, outcast. Yeah. Low-key, though, I think everyone in the music industry, for the most part, has been an outcast. And, like, people don't understand us. And, like, we've used our art or connecting people or something like that to kind of, like, come together and share how we feel to the world. So what happened after you graduated college? Wait guys, look my bed. I'm kidding. <laughs> so, <gross>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my family, as I said, is an, our audiologist and I, I just started working with them mm -hmm. and I just did like marketing and digital stuff and I just did that like kind of part time and my mom basically gave me like an ultimatum in a way where like, okay Brett, you can work with me and you basically have a year to figure out like what 
you're really doing in a way so like basically so that summer once I like started working with her again um, that's when I started managing Manila yeah and AOBs we're vlogging this guy shout out this guy <laughs> <laughs> So I was like working with my family on and off and I was like, basically she told me, okay, Brett, most people, you know, in your position would have a full-time job. And like a lot of people like have, like go to work with their family. But she told me, let's treat this like your masters or something like that, or like your gap year that mm, you're so figuring cool. stuff out. And so basically I would work with my family like, pretty part-time and then like go up to New York a lot still to like Webster Hall or like festivals and like cover them and just I was still just like learning you know yeah. but I was still making enough and like I was living at home so it's like I oh, like yeah, all my money just kind of like went to like traveling and yeah. life stuff um <clears throat> but that's kind of what I was doing like right mm -hmm. after college and then it was basically when it all kind of just changed for me, um, I was working at Hotel Groot at this point, which, guys, if it's Manila yeah. Killa and Asim Candleweather. Before that, how did you even, how did Hotel oh. Groot come about? Okay, so, guys, um, so during my blogging days, Asim <laughs> uh, hit me up, and he's like, hey, I live in California, in L.A., going to Occidental College, and I'm a photographer. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like, we could use a photographer to cover our stuff in L.A., oh, right? Wow. And so the, the, some of the first shows I remember he covered were, like, a Liz Y2K and Trippy Turtle show. Yeah. And uh, there was, like, this Maddie on Boys Noise, like, LED event in San Diego. Or I don't remember. But, like, he was good at photography. Wow. And then him and... Manila Killa hit me up. I was like, just got off holy ship. Um, this what year was this? 2000, <laughs> 2014. Uh, yeah, it was 2014. By the way, holy ship, we actually just, <laughs> both Hotel Garuda and Manila Killa played holy ship, yeah. and we had our own Moving Castle stage, and I'll explain and Moving Castle. And I recapped Castle. everything for you guys. She, Three videos. She recapped it. We sent her footage <laughs> yeah. from Steven, <laughs> Kimmy, and myself. <laughs> She was totally there in spirit, guys. Um, but going back to that, um, Asim and Chris sent me this song, and basically it got picked up by, like, this song is sick, my friend Nick Garino. And literally from that, that get-go, they just, like, randomly gave me names. They're like, what am I going to be called for Asim? He's like, Candle Weather. I'm like... Bro, like, how'd you get that name? And <laughs> he still doesn't know. Oh my God. Uh, and then they're like, we're going to call it Hotel Garuda for the partnership. Because they wanted to, like, make house music. Yeah. And they were just, like, into it. Oh. That's how we feel. Really sad. That <sighs> I wonder if my angles ever, like, pick up. Okay, I think angles, I picked that up. Angles. 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 Um, Lauren Angle. <laughs> um, Asim and Chris met in school when they were both living in Indonesia, guys. Yeah. And they basically rekindled their friendship. Yeah. Uh, years later, and yeah. I basically brought them back together. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, like, so that's yeah, kind of how I... Garuda kind of happened, and then just, like, they kept putting out music, and yeah. then we got picked up by 
Paradigm Agency, which is like has some of the craziest agents ever. Yeah. And artists. Um, but that's Garuda. Yeah. So that's and so that timeline's like 2014. Yeah. And then, do you see so just keep like picking up these artists? I guess was there ever a point where like okay, this is like. I mean, you just picked up Sakima, right? Yeah. Well, I think at the time... So, like, let's... Let's let's understand here, guys, that at the time I'm, like, learning about all these things and who I am, where my place is in the music industry and, like, the internet society, maybe you say. And this is, like, just when SoundCloud was, like, popping off. And, like, basically all of our friends, like, the Lewis the Childs, the Jai Wolfs, the Bearsons, the Jerry Folks, the AO Beats, and, like, all of us, like, befriended one another. And so we kind of, at the time, were, like, the next wave of artists that no one fully understood, like, what was kind of happening yet, but everybody also knew something was going to happen. There wasn't, like, any master plan to, like, grow everyone from the start saying, mm -hmm. like, okay, guys, we're joining this record label with millions of dollars and you're going to go single and get on New Music Friday and, like, every Apple playlist and then get in, like, Teen Vogue yeah. and, like, GQ and, like, <laughs> Billboard or whatever. Like, <laughs> at the time, we had no idea, like, what yeah. the heck was going to come out of any of this. <laughs> Actually, how did you realize you have managerial characteristics? I feel like a lot of your characteristics are also really good for PR. So I do PR, too, yeah. for my artists. But, like, why did you never <clears throat> consider, like, working for Atlantic doing PR or something? Right. Um, I guess, I guess, like, over time I've also learned how to delegate. <laughs> so I've have certain people do things I don't think I'm strong at but as a manager you need to know how to do everything you need to know at least at first how to do PR and share your artist's music with blogs or other artists you need to know how to talk to Spotify or Apple to get your music placed there you need to talk to a publisher or record label to like get you in studio sessions or getting your music out there there's just you have to be just a jack of all trades and you kind of can't really decide at first I'm not doing this I'm not doing this like I would even post on like people's social media or deal with like photographers and videographers reaching out like Lauren she has helped us so much with <laughs> photos and videos content like if you've seen her Manila's first single that ever came out by himself it was Lauren's photo on Billboard. So thank you, Lauren. Oh. <laughs> that was a two-year anniversary, by the way, oh. last week for all that slap. I, think I saw that post. Manila yeah. Kill and Joni Fatora. Listen, guys. <laughs> um, but I think you just have to kind of feel comfortable um, want, wanting to learn. Like, you yeah. shouldn't, like, ever feel, oh, my God, this is such a drag. Like, you have those moments, but, like, it's also just really exciting to, like, learn all these things. Like, real tangible stuff mm -hmm. real tangible <laughs> stuff and then moving castle so that happened right. and then you kind of what's your role in moving castle so i'm like the label manager which yeah. means i make sure the label runs smoothly so i'll talk to 
our business manager, our lawyer, and making sure like people get paid, that paperwork gets done. Like I deal with social media and like we have like interns who kind of help mm-hmm. post, shout out Brittany. And then we have people who like help put the music on like on these channels like Spotify mm-hmm. and Apple and all that. Shout out Drew. <laughs> he helps put like yeah, upload really everything. Shout out, Drew. <laughs> shout out Drew for real. And then um I mean there's just like all these like little things. So basically as a manager, I'm good at managing other people to do their stuff. So like I delegate people to do things, but I make sure like it gets done, you know? Like for example, we have this festival going to plug this right quick <laughs> called Moving Castle World and like oh, yeah, it's just course. like getting the stage together and like getting um the artists like on board so one of the biggest things about Moving Castle's just been you know um friendship and <laughs> like just yeah. finding our friends on the internet via like SoundCloud or Twitter how did you decide to manage um Sakima and Swims so basically AO Beats was living in London at the time, and he was going to Goldsmiths University, getting his master's. Um, I won't give too much info because yeah. if they want, he wants to talk about it later. He met Sakima at school, and they basically yeah. just became friends. And so this was about yeah. a year and a half, two years ago. But why did you decide to like actually take them on? So I didn't for like over a year and a half, <laughs> and then it was like, I guess like a year ago, give or take. I, um, probably like six months ago, I wasn't on the the Sakima project, but, um, Sakima and Ao made this side project called Swims in college and just made a ton of music together. And so, um, my friend Hill, who does Ao Beats with me, uh, does Swims with me, and I kind of just wasn't on the Swims project for a while. And then, like, I came on it, but, like, to be realistic right now, it's kind of just, like, on a hiatus yeah. as Sakima and Ao focus on their individual projects. But we're going to come back this year with swim stuff. Don't you worry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> as I, like, look down. <laughs> Trust. Basically, I guess for Sakima, he's still in, like, the UK, and he's yeah. traveled to LA a few times, but... This year he put out two EPs, yeah, and then he's, so fast, he's so working good. on a big project that we've not announced yet, but he's working on something cool, and he just, he was basically just named, like, Billboard's um, he's top re- ten. They're pushing him Yo, hard, they're pushing that's awesome. Thing. Shout out Billboard. Yeah, really. Pat Crowley, I think that's your name, sorry if I butchered it. Uh, but he was just named, like, top ten, like, pop stars of, like, 2018. 2018. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of Sakima, I won't get into too much more but he's working on really cool stuff yeah how do you think you've grown as a person since when you started I think I've always been like putting my artists first like making sure they're taken care of and I think this year but the end of 2017 the beginning of 2018 I've learned to like do self-care like reading a lot more journaling a lot more meditating working out I like just joined a gym like I just (laughs) I I just um I'm like part of this like hot yoga hot yoga thing Bikram dude moves to LA once guys yeah look at this juice thing (laughs) shout out Whole Foods sponsor me please (laughs) (laughs) 
anyway, um, <clears throat> what I've learned is <clears throat> if you can't take care of yourself, you can't take care of other people. Yeah. And the last like five, six months have really been about just self-improvement mentally, spiritually, physically. Yeah. And I just feel better like every morning, like I'll wake up and I'll <clears throat> like make my bed, I'll meditate. I then, I won't touch like Twitter or anything until like I have my tea, I do a little workout and then I journal. Um, it's called like the five minute journal. So you basically like brain dump, like yeah. everything that's on your mind. And it's um, <clears throat> basically, there's like a system too where it's like, what will make today great? What do you want to accomplish today? And then kind of like, an affirmative thing where it's like, I am, and it's like, I am good at X, Y, Z, or just look up, uh, what is his name? Tim Ferriss. Just Google Tim Ferriss and his routine, and that's basically, I've adopted him. Shout out, Tim <laughs> Ferriss. I swear I want to talk to you, man. <laughs> um, anyway, um, but like, I've just seen dramatic or dr drastic changes. Like, yeah with how I feel and like how my artists go about their days and like how I treat everything. Yeah. Like I just, I feel way more like organized and in tune with just yeah. reality. What would you say have been your biggest challenges? My biggest challenges? I'm too nice guys. I'm way too mm. nice. I think Hard to say no. It's, I'm, so some of my challenges include People know me, not, this isn't like a bad thing, but it's like, because people know me from the internet and from helping people, like, I get asked for help all the time. Like, people want help all the time, and I sometimes feel bad saying no, and I have to, like, limit that. Like, there are people I know when they deserve it or not, but it's like, it, it takes away from, like, my artists and my energy, and I've gotten better at it. But, like, learning to say no, 2018, learn how to say no. <laughs> and then, like, another thing, uh, my challenge is, like, by being nice is like I'm definitely persistent however some people like mistake being nice with like weakness so they'll mm -hmm. like do like say certain things or like not help me in a certain way where like I've helped them and like maybe they some people could just be not very nice but yeah. <laughs> um I would also say another one of my challenges like I have like ADD and like I'm just like I get really excited easily about stuff and you know like I'll be brainstorming about a bunch of stuff and then I'm like shit I gotta like gotta you know do these things so like 2018 I'm gonna get a personal assistant to help make sure like <laughs> the scheduling is done like my, the flights are done uh the social media is done like just like little things that distract me from the day from doing like the more big picture stuff yeah so like I'm a very big picture creative person last question what do you want to be remembered for it's a hard question but I I think I think about this I think it's important um I really want to be remembered for being a person who brought people together and like helped make their dreams come true where like no one else really believed in them mm. and I feel like the last three years has really been about bringing people together and I've seen people that I've just shared music or introed people together 
or photos or what have you, like making careers for themselves. I'm not yeah. fully saying it's like me, but it's it's evident that like it was a part of the effect. Yeah. And it's like I've like anytime people want to have a heart to heart about something, and like I know they deserve it, I do. And it's just really touching to see people like fulfill their passion. Yeah. So that's what I want to be remembered yeah, for. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much. I'm so glad we did this. Wait, wait. Do I get to take it and you have to open oh, yeah. this? Okay. Wait, wait. Oh hey, guys. Wait, this you know better what? not die. This better not die. <laughs> it says sidewalk wait, talk. Open and it. I just realized it's a sidewalk close. It's guys, wait. Sidewalk close. She's going to open it. I hope this doesn't die because apparently there was two minutes left. Okay. Oh She's going to open it. Show them the card. Okay, guys. Read it out oh loud. God, so loud. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. You're... Okay, yes, you can read that. Okay, just read oh, it. Oh, I love that. Okay, <laughs> okay guys, now now the interview starts now oh, with Lauren. My belated birthday was my birthday. It was her birthday. I did so I got her birthday card. In Disneyland, but okay, guys, just like the end of this... This is um, so sweet, guys. Okay, guys, the end of the sidewalk <laughs> talk, and it's sidewalk closed. Peace out. <laughs> I'm so touched, guys. This is so sweet. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no problem.